grandparents on my, my father's side owned a, a farm in northern Wisconsin. And as a kid, it was awesome because they lived right on Lake Michigan. And on either side of their farm, uh, there were two ravines that took water that were coming perhaps off the fields and from the ditches on the side of the road down to, to Lake Michigan. So as soon as we would get to my grandparents' house, oftentimes we'd play for a while in his barn or in the sheds, and then sooner or later we'd end up in the ravines and headed down to, down to the lake. And being kids, it also meant that as we were in the ravines, it wasn't just a, a simple hike down, but we were jumping over logs, Right? We'd see where the water had cut through the earth, and so we would, we would look, and we'd try to figure out if we could jump to the other side. And as you did that, there were a number of things to consider, right? You'd look and you'd say, is there a place for me to land on the other side where I'm not going to slide back into the ravine? I might look at the, the depth of the ditch or what's at the bottom of the ditch that I'm about to jump over. I mean, just in case... I didn't jump as far as I thought I could jump and didn't make it. I wanted to know kind of where where I was going to end up. You'd probably look at where you were going to jump from so that I could say, yeah, this ground is going to hold me and it's not going to be one where as I'm about to jump, suddenly I find myself sliding into the ravine either. There were a number of things, a lot of times just from plain experience, that taught you to look before you leap. Right? And it's not just as kids as you might be jumping over a ditch, but it's something that kind of sticks with you the rest of your life, isn't it? Perhaps you are, are at a job, and a new job offer comes. And you begin to look and decide whether or not this is the best thing for you, right? And so you're going to be looking and saying, well, what are the responsibilities of this new job? What does the new job pay? What benefits come with it? If it involves a move, how far is the move? How much is that going to cost? Do I have to pay for that? Where's the closest Wells Church? Right? All these different things that you would look and say, in essence, what you're doing is looking before you take that leap. Right? We do it, say, as seniors in high school. As we look to, to starting the next chapter of our educational life in college, right, we might look and try to figure out, okay, where's the best place for me to go to school? What decree do I want to get? Where's the closest Wells Church? What else, are inv- what else is involved there? Right? And, and you, in essence, look before you leap. And there's a fair amount of wisdom to that, isn't there? Of wanting to make sure that I understand all that's involved before I go through with jumping from here to there. Or moving from here to there. In our gospel lesson this morning, we hear Jesus encourage us to do the exact same thing. To, in essence, look before we leap as he talks about just simply following him. And he does so at a point in his ministry where there were a number of people, large crowds, that were following him. He's on his way to Jerusalem to suffer and die for sins. Right, the, the Passover is coming close, so as he and his disciples are making that journey, they're not making it alone. There are certainly others that are traveling to Jerusalem, and there's just a great crowd of people with Jesus who are interested in following Jesus. And so he speaks to that crowd, 
and he gives them three, three things to consider as they think about following him. And we see the first one in the very first verse of our text. He says, anyone, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciples. Well, those certainly are tough words to hear from our Savior, huh? Especially from a a guy who just a few chapters before had said that we are to to love one another and to love our neighbor as ourself. Right now says one of the conditions for following me is that you hate your father and mother, your brothers and sisters, right? Finally, anyone who comes between you and following me. Whew. I think it helps to keep all of Jesus' ministry in context as we look at those words, huh? Because we had heard our Savior say to us just a little bit earlier in Luke that we should love our enemies, right? That we love our neighbor as ourself. And we look at, say, our family, our neighbors, the people around us, and we'd say, well, those are certainly people that we love. But So I understand that. So what is Jesus saying to us here? He says, as you seek to follow me and be my disciple, as you follow me as a child of God, I am to be the most important thing in your life. I and and nothing else. Right? And so if something then comes between you and following your Savior, that is then something that you should hate. Not in, a, not in a malicious, evil way, but in a way that understands what this person or this thing is doing is coming between me and my Savior. So a person could love their mother as their mother and at the same time hate that person because they have come between me and my Savior. That's hard, isn't it? That's hard just to work through, I think partly because as as Americans, the way we always use the word hate is that malicious, evil sense, isn't it? That's the only way, when we talk about hate, it's not ever a thing that says, I'm doing this because this is what's best for me and my faith, but it's because I have feelings of hatred and, and dislike and I think you're evil and I really don't like you. And that's not what Jesus is saying because that would fly in the face then of all the things he had told us about loving our neighbor and and loving others as ourself. Instead, Jesus is saying, I'm going to give up natural affections for this thing or this person because they are coming between me and following my Savior. And as a child of God, what's most important to me is my Savior. And there isn't anything that comes between me and him. And it doesn't get any easier. Right? Because the very next thing Jesus says to those people that were following him says, anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem to carry an awfully big cross, right? Right? 
not just physically a big cross, but a big cross spiritually as he took all of our sin, all of our guilt, all of our failures uh, to the cross in order to pay for every last one of our sins. And now he says to you and me as children of God, I want you to pick up your cross and follow me. So when, Jesus, when you hear those words from Jesus, the, the picture perhaps to have in your mind is that life of humility that comes with following Jesus and all the hardships and trials that that might in, entail, right? So you might think of the opposition from others, right? That are, that's going to come simply because I'm a follower of Christ. You might think of the weakness in my own heart, right? That, that, that seems to, to fall and stumble at every last little temptation that comes, you can think of, <clears throat> excuse me, you can think of the chastisement, the persecution, the mockery that we're going to get from the world because we hold to the truth. All of those things are all wrapped up in that picture of the cross. And so Jesus says, before you take that leap in following me, understand what it's going to require. That you're going to have to take up your own cross and that following me isn't going to be easy. There are, you're going to have to endure a lot of things. The third condition he sets for those who wish to follow him comes right after those two illustrations. He says, In the same way, any one of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. Right? So a willingness to give up everything in order to follow our Savior. Have you noticed how money, possessions, your retirement account, whatever, they all have this seemingly unique ability to, to, to take and hold this special place in your heart? Right? Where it, it's easy for those things to suddenly become more important than your Savior? Right? You can look and say, I'm going to feel safe and secure when I have this. That's, in essence, putting that before your Savior because finally your security in life only comes from knowing Jesus and what he's done for you and the eternal life that that forgiveness brings. Right? And so some of, for some of us it might look like, well, I need to have more or I need to have the best. Right? For some of us it might be just simply in the quantity of things that we have. For some of us, it might be, I may not have a lot, but there are specific things that I, I really, really want. And Man, you can go down the list and say, finally, if I'm not able to give it up, if I'm not able to, to let it go and, and be okay with not having it, perhaps it has a bigger chunk of our heart than what's good. In essence, Jesus tells us, if you want to follow me, I need to be first. And not another person, another thing, or any of your possessions. To be ready to give all those things up because if you have me, you have all that you need. Man, you, you hear those three things, those three conditions, and in essence, Jesus is saying, Take a careful look, huh? As a child of God of what it means to follow me. Look before you leap. 
And then just to drive home the point, he tells a number of stories, right? A a few illustrations. He talks about a a man who's going to build a tower and how in order to, before he begins to build a tower, we'd say he's wise to make sure that he's got enough money to build the tower. Otherwise, he's going to get halfway started and then he'll be forced to stop because he doesn't have enough. Or the king who's about to go to war, right? And he's going to make sure that his army is strong enough and and well-equipped enough to, to defeat his enemy because otherwise he's going to lose. And if he notices that, the first thing he's going to do is send to the other king terms of peace so that he doesn't lose his army. In essence, both of them are looking before they leap, right? Jesus drives home the point and says, following me as your Savior requires earnest commitment. Right? It means looking before you leap and understanding the cost that may come as a result of following me. Man, as a, as a child of God, as I hear those words, I'm not sure I'm all that encouraged. <laughs> right? I hear those words and I consider the cost of following my Savior and the things that, that, that Jesus points out and actually where I end up is being a little discouraged. Partly because I don't like pain in my life. I, I, I kind of like not having to endure things that are difficult and hard. And at the same time, hearing that high cost of following my Savior, I begin to lose confidence. I begin to, to think I'm not sure I'm strong enough to follow my Savior. Which is exactly where Jesus wants you to be as his child. As I look at those things, the cost of following my Savior and the difficulties and everything that that entails, I quickly begin to despair. Maybe you do too. I I get to this point where I realize I'm not strong enough to to follow my Savior. And, And even in those moments where I thought I was, often what happened was I failed. I can think of all the different times where I put a specific relationship or a specific person as being more important than my relationship with my Savior, and it showed with how I chose to spend my time. I can think of specific instances in my life where I chose not to carry my cross and instead just to put it down for a while because I didn't enjoy the persecution or the looks that people gave or the thoughts I knew they had in their head because of what I had told them, even when what I told them was the truth. And it was a lot easier just to put that cross down for a while rather than have to pick it up and carry it. I can think of times in my life where my love of money and possessions and the things here on this earth became more important to me than the time I spend with my Savior. My guess is you're no different. Right, we hear that cost of following our Savior and quickly it leads us not only to despair but to guilt because I can't do it. But as children of God, that's right where our Savior wants us. He wants us to be in that space where we realize I can't do this on my own. And instead then we turn to, us, turn to our Savior. A Savior who certainly looked before he left, right? He, he, he looked and, and he saw the condition and the circumstance in which we were in and he considered all of it and what he did is he still came. 
He saw the sinful, the sinful condition we were in. He saw the challenges that we faced and how inadequate we were for them. He saw that and he, and he came here to earth. And he lived perfectly, keeping every last one of God's commands for us, right? He came here to earth and experienced every last one of those things that you and I do, but never once failed. He perfectly kept his heavenly father in the prime and, and most important position in his life. Right? He, he never despised the opportunities he had to, to hear and to learn and to grow in God's word. He, he never once put anything before his, before his God. And then he carried a big cross. Right? And it wasn't just the, the pain and affliction of, of being ridiculed by people and made fun of and mocked. It wasn't just the, the pain of having people turn away from him. But it was also the weight of carrying every last one of your sins and your failures. The, the guilt that goes along with all of those sins. He carried all of that and died. Right? He lived here on earth so that ultimately one day you could live for him. He died on the cross to not only take away all of your sins, but so that you could live with him forever. And there, so that there, when we begin to despair of our own strength and our own abilities as being able to follow our Savior, our Savior comes and he assures us that he's forgiven us and that now as we seek to follow him as his children, as we seek to follow him as, our, as, as disciples of our Savior, he's there to strengthen us. Right? And, and that's exactly what he does, right? Through word and through the sacraments, he comes and he, he picks us up and he strengthens our faith by assuring us our sin is forgiven. Right? He, he strengthens us so that as we go through life, he, he gives us the, the, the strength and the ability to, to begin to put him first and see him as the most important thing in life. He gives us the strength for those difficult days when perhaps we're ridiculed for what we believe. And whether that ridicule comes from family or from people we don't even know, a Savior who puts his arm around us because he knows what it's like. And he strengthens us. And he reminds us of the, the eternal life that's ours and that how our present sufferings here on earth compare to the glory that's waiting for us in heaven. But he wants you to be aware of the cost. Because in following Christ, there's a cost, isn't there? And so he says, look before you leap. Understand that in following me, it's not just pink unicorns and glitter. It isn't just easy. That in following me, there's going to be difficulties and afflictions. There's going to be temptations to put other things in front of me, which might mean at times you have to, to hate. In that sense of saying, this is something that's coming between me and the Savior who I seek to follow. But in those moments, you have a Savior who comes to you with his forgiveness 
and with his strength so that as a child of God, you can follow. Amen. Our Savior Lutheran Church is located on the south side of Birmingham off Highway 280. We are on Dunnett Valley Road, about three quarters of a mile east of Treetop Family Adventure and Sports Blast. Our Sunday services begin at 1015 with Sunday School and Bible Class at 9 o'clock. We welcome visitors and hope to see you soon. For more information, please visit our website at OurSaviorBirmingham.com. Click on Sermons at the top of the page for a copy of today's service folder. You can also find us online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.